You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Hi, guys, and welcome to another new episode of You Need Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat, and I am the host. And if you are wondering, what is Couch Talks? It is the special bonus Q&A episode that we put out every single Wednesday where I answer questions that you guys send in to me. And if you have a question, you can send it to Catherine at youneedtherapypodcast.com. You can also just send some feedback if you were really feeling in the giving mood and wanted to give us a review and a rating. You can do that on Apple Podcasts. If you scroll to the bottom, you can rate us, give us five stars. And if you just really have some big feelings about some critical feedback that you want to give me, I would really appreciate you sending me an email with that and I can hopefully address it or just take it in. You know, I like feedback of all kinds the good, the bad, the in-between. Anyway, let's get to the content. So surprisingly, I guess it shouldn't be surprising, but you know, the exercise addiction podcast I put out, the episode I put out a couple weeks ago, I guess it was last week, I was thinking that it wouldn't do as well as it did in regards to connect with you guys. I don't know. That was my own stuff coming up, I guess. It is not a jarring topic or maybe it is. I don't know. I think I'm all on my own stuff about that because that's something that I have worked with personally, work with a lot in, in my job here with clients. And I guess it's something that if I'm I'm in it all the time, but I got some really great feedback from you guys and it was one of my most, I don't even know how to say this, but I got more messages and emails about that episode than I have of really any episode. So that tells me you guys have a lot of questions about that stuff. So I put out on my Instagram a little question box and asked if you guys had any questions about the episode. And I got a bunch and I'm gonna answer two today. But I do just wanna say, it feels good that you connected to the content and that it was helpful. That feels awesome. And if it was something that you were like, ooh, 
this is me. I really want to encourage you to reach out and get some help. If you can make therapy work for you, then then I would encourage you to do that. But I would do more than just take in the content, right? So awareness means nothing if we don't do anything with our awareness. So I'm glad it was helpful and it probably kickstarted something and I hope that continues to move you in a good direction. So two questions, I'm gonna keep them anonymous per usual and um, let's get into them. So the first question is, this was from Instagram. So the questions aren't really, usually the emails are kind of longer and I read them, but these were just like two sentence questions. So the first question is, what are your thoughts on fitness trackers? I have a love-hate relationship with mine. Okay, so I have a lot of thoughts on fitness trackers and I'm gonna give you both my personal thoughts and then also my professional opinion. I'm gonna give you both, you know, Cat the therapist and then Cat the human that deals with her own stuff. So when I read this, I, and when I read this now, I think of things like Fitbits and Apple Watches. I'm not reading this question in regards to things like my fitness pal and apps and stuff where you log your food and movement, but rather than things that track it for you. So obviously I used to use these things like it was my job, literally my job. And it started when I got a Garmin back, back in the day. Oh my gosh. Back in the day when like there were pedometers, is that what they're called? Where they just track your steps and then Fitbit. I, I don't know what came first, but I just remember getting a Garmin when I got really into running and I got it because the first thing I had was the like Nike shoe thing, like the thing that you put in your shoe and then it was an app and it would track your mileage. But it was like so not accurate because I used it when I was training for my first half marathon. And obviously I listened to it when it was like eight miles. I was like, okay, eight miles, I'm done. And then when I ran the actual race, the Nike app tracked like 16 miles, but I only ran 13. So that told me that I had I mean, it didn't make a difference, but it just was not accurate. I think it would tell me I would run like eight miles when I probably ran like six, which is fine, but that's where it all started for me. So then from that, I got a Garmin because those are more accurate, right? And this is taking me back memory lane. <laughs> Honestly, I got them to track mileage, like I said, and to see how far I was running. But the thing about these watches, they also have the ability to track other things and they do it automatically. So they would track pace, calories burned, all that stuff. So what would happen is I would, because it had all of these things and it did all these things, I was one fascinated with it and became very obsessed with it. And I would end up staring at my watch the entire time I was running. And then I would dread running because that's not fun. And then I would get really down on myself if I didn't get a certain time or I would remember how much work it was to get that time. And then I wouldn't want to go running again. And it became like a job and a chore. And that's one of the things that I think made running a job and a chore for me and my own exercise addiction. It never was so much about the calories that it tracked for me back then. It was more the stats. I became very obsessed with the stats and being good at running and all that. The calories obviously affected me at that point in my life wasn't paying that much attention to calories burned. I just knew that I was burning a lot. Now, I think that a lot of people look at their fitness trackers for the calories burned. And so I do want to talk about that as well. And I like the idea of fitness trackers. I like the idea of them. So I don't think this has to be black and white. I don't think this has to be a black and white thing. The problem is when it comes to exercise addiction and eating disorders, these do become dangerous because we tend to be black and white thinkers. It's something else for us to become obsessed over. Like I said, for me, it was like my pace and, and my mileage and all that. And for some people, it is the calories. For some people, it's the milestones. For some people, it's the getting all their circles to close. It becomes an obsession. 
So professionally, I think it's something that an individual and personally has to is something that an individual has to be very honest about because they don't in certain aspects work for me and they don't work for a lot of my clients. And for some people, they might be okay. I have an Apple watch now and you'll really rarely see me wearing it. I wear it when I run still to track my mileage. And I also use it to look at my heart rate because I was having some issues where my heart rate was getting too high at a certain point. So I just like to see that every now and then. But when it comes to weight training, I don't wear it at all because I have no reason to. And part of that's because I don't care about how many calories I'm burning. And I don't really find value in the milestones that my Apple Watch tracks. Like I don't really care if it's like my longest run ever or three consistent workouts like those milestones aren't necessary for me to pay attention to and like I said I do use my watch now to track my mileage when I go for a run but the difference is now I am usually not looking at my watch at all unless I'm trying to see like if I'm done <laughs> like today I went for a run with my friend Kyra and I didn't look at my watch one time until I knew we were about to be finished and I just was looking at when our stopping point was on our loop and then we looked at the pace but it didn't guide us at all and we were actually pleasantly surprised which is nice that's fun it puts some excitement back in your workouts to be excited with something that we we did that I didn't think I was doing but I was actually running faster than I thought I was running, but it was fun. It wasn't a job. It wasn't a chore. I mean, it wasn't that fast. (laughs) Anyway, but I also don't wear my Apple watch for cycling really either for the same reasons. Every now and then I will have it on because maybe I wore it that day and like literally maybe not even once a week, maybe every couple of weeks, I will track a workout just to be curious. But most of the time, if you see me wearing, I probably forgot to start it. So that's where I am with personally with fitness tracker, I could take it or leave it. And for me, they're not things that like I find a lot of value anymore. They're helpful. I mean, it's helpful to have my Apple watch when I'm on vacation, I can go out for a run and know how far I ran, right? And, and know when to turn around. And when I reach my halfway mark. But a lot of the things that I think that they are created with the intention for like I don't find value in those things in my recovery process this is me this is where I am I don't equate a good workout to a high calorie burn or even time spent moving I don't again find value in the milestones that a lot of these trackers have I do however like the reminders that the Apple watch has like to breathe and stand so that's one of the reasons I try to wear my watch every now and then to help me create better habits of getting up and and moving around when I've been at my desk for too long or you know if I've been like having a really anxious day it's nice to see that reminder that says hey you might want to take a breath so there there I find value in that kind of stuff I do not believe that most people going through any sort of recovery process need a fitness tracker because I think the potential risks outweigh any benefit you could show me, right? And this is people who are like in their stuff, like in the process of recovery, more so the beginning stages. And I get the idea again. I remember in, I think it was elementary school at one point, they gave us all these pedometers. I think that's the word. They were to track our walking and our steps. This was back in the day before Fitbit. And um, they were there to help motivate and push us to move more and in a well-intentioned, healthy way. However, how many people do you know who have gotten like a Fitbit and then become obsessed with their 10,000 steps a day goal? I mean, it just becomes an obsession that is unnecessary. Again, the intention is to help people create these like good habits for themselves, but they become things that like take the point of the good habit away 
And, you know, I used to work at a cycling studio that had these monitors attached to their bikes that tracked the rider statistics throughout the ride. And this included their class rank, the calories they burned and the miles that they rode. There's other things too, um, but those were the main things. And there were a couple problems with this. One, there was so much room for error with these machines because any given day, a bike would act different. And if you went on this bike this day and this bike that day, your stats could be different just because the, the bikes are wired a little differently and there is room for error in them. So that was one problem that we were like relying on these machines to tell us the whole truth, all the truth, and they're like God to us. And then two, people became more concerned with their stats than the actual experience. Like they were more concerned about getting their email that had their stats at the end of the workout than they were enjoying themselves and paying attention to their body and and all of that. And three, because of this, they were just as damaging as they were motivating. If you had good stats, then your workout was amazing. And if you had bad stats, it would put somebody in a bad mood and it would like ruin their workout. Just like my pace would ruin my run. And so let's circle back to one, right? So there's room for error in these machines. Sometimes it was a technical error, but still people would leave so down on themselves after they had worked so hard and did such a good thing for their body. They would be down on themselves because maybe they were number two in the class instead of one. And man, I feel sad for that. And there are so many conversations I would have with riders where I'd be like, Hey, what would it look like to not turn your bike on today and just do the workout? Just move your body and see how you feel. See if you even need those stats. And more times than not, eventually those people that I would talk to would never turn their bikes on because they learned that, Hey, actually being with myself and enjoying myself and having a good time as I'm moving my body is more satisfying than these numbers. You know, if you have a valid reason to wear a fitness tracker, that is great. And I think that there can be valid reasons depending on you, your story, your health, all of that. I would just encourage anybody to be very honest with how helpful they actually are. And if they are taking the magic, that movement can be away. Or if they are actually helping you reach whatever goal you have. And also in that honesty, is that goal a goal that is healthy and makes sense for you? So that's a long way to talk about my feelings about fitness trackers. (laughs) And again, there's no right or wrong answer here. I just think they can be very dangerous. And if they have the potential to be really dangerous, then is it really worth the risk? I do think that there can be a time if you can't use one right now, you might want to use one in the future like me. Like I honestly could take it or leave it. And I think that's a big, big, big indicator of if you have a healthy relationship with one is if the workout counts without it, right? You hear that all the time. Did your workout even count if you didn't turn your Apple watch on? Yes. I think that's like if it really ruins your day, if you don't have it, that's an indicator that you don't have a healthy relationship with yours. So I think that's uh, where we're going to stop because I could keep talking about this for about 75 hours. So let's move on to question number two. Hey guys, Kat here. And I have something very important to talk to you guys about. Now, I know you're used to hearing me talk about therapy and how important it can be for you and how transformative it can be for you in your life. But if you're somebody who's tried therapy and it just hasn't done the trick or you just need a little extra boost, I think I found the next best thing. And the next best thing might just be Cozy Earth and their bamboo sheets and their bamboo pajamas. 
It feels like you are stepping into a buttery, cozy, warm, and cool hug all at the same time. And that's just their pajamas. Don't even get me started on their sheets. As soon as I touched them, I said, okay, we're changing the sheets right now. And the bonus is they come in this really cute travel tote so you can take your sheets with you wherever you go. Elevate your summer getaway with Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding and loungewear, ensuring the comfort of home wherever you roam. We're all in luck because you can discover your next destination for ultimate comfort at Cozy Earth. Visit CozyEarth.com and use our code UNEED at checkout to get 35% off. Yes, 35% off. And let them know that we sent you Unique Therapy after you check out. Need an easy button to feed your baby? Baby Bretza's Formula Pro Advanced makes a perfectly mixed warm formula bottle automatically at the push of a button. No air bubbles, no fuss. Literally, choose your temp, select your ounces, push start, and you're done. Works with virtually all formulas and bottles. Say goodbye to the 3 a.m. feeding chaos and hello to this revolutionary stress-free solution. Raising a baby is hard enough. Let Baby Bretza make feeding a breeze. Get your Formula Pro Advanced at babybretza.com. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. All right. How do you find a middle ground after an exercise addiction without becoming exercise avoidant? Ooh, this is good. And this is, in a nutshell, hard. Okay. So again, a major problem we face when dealing with eating disorders and exercise addiction, and really any addiction, is the pull towards these polarizing sides of things. I'm talking about the black and whiteness, the right or wrongness, the good or badness. I'm either doing it all or I'm not doing it at all is really a space we live in when we're in this exercise addicted state. So one, this stuff takes time. It takes time to develop a new relationship with movement and that is just it. And the other thing is you are not so much mending the old relationship or healing the old relationship or fixing the old relationship you have with exercise and movement. You are starting a new one. And that's something I believe about all relationships, really, even romantic. When we contemplate dating someone again, we have to go into that experience as a new experience. Go for it. But this relationship is a new one, right? You can't bring all your old stuff into this, including the past hurt and all of the past fights and all that stuff, if you want it to work. And that's how I feel about exercise too. You have to create a new thing. Time off and time away helps as well. And that is different than being exercise avoidant. Taking time to separate yourself is not being avoidant. It's being kind. And so I, th- I think that the language we use is important when talking about this. If there's a certain type of movement that you become addicted to, maybe you take a break from that and try something else. And then when you return to that, you create boundaries and you have a support system as you start engaging in it again. 
one thing that I really learned in my recovery is that I really love moving with people. And that was a big help. So in my addiction, it, everything I did was usually alone, right? I did a lot of ellipticaling, <laughs> which you will never find me on one of those again. And I did a lot of running by myself. I did not like running with people. And now I prefer it. I want to say two things in that one, being able to explore different types of movement is huge. So I was a huge runner. That was my main source of movement. And in my recovery process, I tried a lot of things. I tried a lot of things. I didn't just like, oh, well, now I'm going to do cycling and I loved it all of a sudden. No, like I tried it all. I, I did kickboxing. I did Pilates. I did pure bar. I did, I mean, tons of stuff. I went to a Zumba class. I, I tried a lot of stuff. I could go on and on and on about that. I did different HIIT workouts, different boot camps, weight training, this kind of weight training, this trainer, this whatever. I was very explorative and I paid attention to myself in those things too. I, I really sat and, and talked myself through, did I like that? What did I like about that? What did I not like about that? So as I developed new relationships with movement, I was very aware of why I was doing these different things, right? And that leads me into encouraging you guys to look into your motivation for your movement, right? If you're still coming from the same place of why, then a healthy amount of exercise probably won't satisfy you. Thus, you would do nothing, right? So if I still was moving my body and exercising because I wanted to be the fastest and the most athletic and then this and they're that, then doing a healthy amount of movement from my body wouldn't satisfy any of those things, right? So then I would just not do it at all because it wouldn't be fulfilling that, that validation, that hole in me. So if you have a new reason to move your body, not doing the extreme may be helpful. And I will say one of the most common examples of this and the most common things I'll hear when I ask people why they move is to get a certain body type. And often when we move in a way that is kind, and if we, we move our bodies a kind amount, the way our body responds looks very different aesthetically than when we engage in extreme exercise addictive behaviors. So if my motivation is still to get that certain body type, then I might be more apt to be exercise avoidant because doing the kind thing for my body isn't maybe going to get me that body type. And I say that really easily as I, well, I didn't say it that easily because I do try to say things kindly and in a way that can be heard well, but it's easier said than done is what I'm, I'm trying to say. And there's a lot of grief work in that. There's a lot of grief work in creating new relationships with exercise because you are letting go of an old one, right? And you're letting go of those old reasons and, and those old whys. So I would encourage you to, to bring that up if you're in a therapy relationship, bring that up with your therapist or do some journaling. Amy Brown on her podcast, Four Things with Amy Brown, a couple of weeks ago had a conversation with Allie Fallon, who has been on this podcast before about some writing prompts to help with grief work. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to that because if you aren't in a therapeutic relationship and you want to work on a grieving an old relationship with movement, those prompts might be really helpful for you. Because again, grief is not just about people passing away and losing humans. It's, it's all encompassing. So grief is the loss of anything or grief is in the loss of anything. So yeah, that is kind of in a not so nutshell nutshell, how I would encourage some of y'all to move into a space of healthy movement after some exercise addictive experiences or behaviors or relationships. It's tough guys. So again, go back to number one. It's hard. I didn't number these, but go back to what I said in the beginning. It's hard and it takes time. So I'm with you in that. It didn't happen for me overnight. And sometimes I still have bad days. So aim for feeling better rather than just 
doing this perfectly. That might be helpful. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of Couch Talks. Uh, if you guys have questions, again, send them to Catherine at youneedtherapypodcast.com. And if you don't follow me, please do at cat.defada and at you need therapy podcast is where you can find me. And again, would love if you rate, review, anything that your heart really is being pulled to do right now that revolves around rating and reviewing the podcast would be great. And with that, you can follow the podcast. It used to be subscribe. Now we are changing our language and we are following. So do that. I'd appreciate that. And I think you guys are great. And I love you guys. And I'm going to go now and I'll talk to you guys on Monday. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Since every minute counts when you're a new parent, who wants to waste time washing bottles? Transform this daily chore with the Baby Bretza Bottle Washer Pro, the first machine that automatically washes, sterilizes, and dries bottles, pump parts, and sippy cups at the push of a button. Its 20 spray jets clean everything 100%. Plus, it sterilizes with steam, then dries with germ-free air. Don't waste time on tedious hand washing. Let the Baby Bretza Bottle Washer Pro do it for you. Shop now at babybretza.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.